0: Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Sapchat. I'm your host, Jaron Mayne. Now, my guest today needs no introduction. That's because he's been a guest on the show before. Second time for Carson Heady, Microsoft Health Solutions Director, best selling author of Salesman on Fire, and all round social selling alchemist, I think is the term I coined for you. Welcome.
1: Jared, thanks so much. I've never been accused of not needing an introduction before, so you just made my day. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Always good to chat with you, my friend.
0: Absolutely. Now, the last time we spoke, um, I I was lying by a pool. I was looking at LinkedIn and I got piqued by um, a lot of your posts around social selling. And the last time we, we chatted on the podcast, it was very much around social selling. Now, since then, um you've uh, and your team have, have dropped a nine digit deal. Um and so I thought, well, what a great opportunity to pick up from that, pick up on the story. So let let's hear a bit more about the win. I know you can't go into too many specifics, but you know, just the, the background to that and how it all happened.
1: Yeah, I can go into a fair amount of them. Um, you know, it's it's pretty amazing because it the deal itself all began on LinkedIn and leveraging social selling fundamentals, you know, to create relationships and get into what we like to call the other rooms of the house, you know, line of business, Mm -hmm. C-suite, director and above relationships that were cultivated on LinkedIn and nurtured there. Um, And I think what's key to point out as well, Jaren, is that, you know, while LinkedIn was the door opener, in fact, that was how I got into the office of the president day two covering this customer a few years back, Um, but it also, you know, created relationships in in multiple other lines of business. But it's also key to point out that sales fundamentals were also key. Um, So while LinkedIn opened the door, you know, we still had to ask challenging questions. We had to show up with value. We had to show up with perspective. Um, We had to understand their business and their model and their budget. And, you know, also in light of all this, you know, over the last few years, We also went through some very major changes with both organizations in light of a pandemic, right? So um, there were a lot of shifts, a lot of changes in their C-suite, a lot of changes in our team structure and how we Mm -hmm. covered them. Um, But, uh, you know, throughout it all, uh, at the core of it was ways that we could meaningfully collaborate, augment what they do, and uh, provide a um, an optimal service there were some compete elements we just happened to uh, show up at the right time and with the right unique perspective and uh, build and forge strong relationships
0: and and it's a really good point because um of course i've tagged this social selling but you know you do fall into a trap in some ways where people say well actually you you can't you can't sell socially you can't just sit there and uh, and and just drop a few posts and i think we've all seen it on linkedin drop a few posts uh and then job done and uh, you know traditional salespeople would say oh it's, it's not about that it's about hard graft it's about building relationships and that's not what we're saying here is it we're saying you're using you're using social media like tools like linkedin but they're a tool and they're a new tool and they need to be deployed in amongst all the other things that very good salespeople do
1: i think it's important to point out jaron you nailed it there's misnomers about it you're not going to go out and make posts and get a po in your inbox it doesn't work that way mm-hmm. uh, what you need to focus on i i learned long ago to control the controllables Um, And I like to liken my approach to the movie Moneyball, uh, which is about Billy Bean, the GM of the Oakland Athletics and how they managed to win on a shoestring budget relative to uh, some of the big powerhouses of American baseball. Mm. And it's a data-driven approach. It's all about probability and odds. Um, I know that if I reach out to one, two, five, ten executives in an organization, I may go for the room. Mm. But I can focus on the quality of my messaging the quantity of outreach, and the consistency of my execution over time. And in this particular instance, I reached out to over 500 people uh, that had a director or above title in that organization over the couple years that I supported them. We created a groundswell. That's really what, what it was all about. And so these tools can help you operate at scale. Furthermore, it isn't just about connecting and sharing and inviting them to Things. It's also, you know, you can create an event. You know, we would do free technical briefings, webinars, things of that nature. Uh, You can invite up to a thousand people on LinkedIn to a LinkedIn event every week. And so we would do these free technical briefings and we built a community around Mm -hmm. what we were doing. We would invite them to groups, invite them to these webinars, uh, very passive selling, but they continue to see your name, your top of mind, you're inviting them to things that are educational. But very passive. I'm not trying to sell them anything. I'm just trying to create the relationship and invest in it, and that's it. You create a higher probability of success. The other thing that we did well, um, you know, at any organization, you likely have some type of uh, marketing material and engagement with marketing leads. You know, my team and I would spend the time going out and looking at who's engaging. At that organization and others. And we would say, you know, obviously, if you're engaging already, there's a higher probability of success. But if I just reach out to one or 10 of those folks that like went to a webinar, the likelihood of them responding is low. But guess what? If I reach out to a thousand of them, I'm going to get some conversations. And that's what I will base it on. I'll reach out to 100, 500 people to have a few conversations. And that gives you something to build on because ultimately you earn the right to be the trusted advisor. And you also put yourself in a position of strength because you know them so well that your value that you bring is you're at the pulse of their business better than anybody else could be.
0: And I think um, we'll, we'll, we'll go on to the way in which buyers are now buying, because I think that's fundamentally yeah. shifted as well. Um, but but I just go back to that point you made earlier on. So there were a couple of really key points. The first one is there needs to be value. OK, so you, you're posting something, you're 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 relaying value To customers uh, in what you're doing, but more importantly, you talked about reaching out to 500 stakeholders within an organization. I think when we chatted last week ahead of this record, you were saying you know you were talking like a swarm approach. I think was the term that you used. I mean that's that's a huge step, isn't it? You know, I think um, I think it'd be safe to say there's quite a few salespeople out there that are maybe using LinkedIn to do some research on an organization, reaching out to three or four stakeholders, and then kind of leaving it at that?
1: You nailed it. That's the problem. Um, Look, I'm just a small town person from the Midwest US. There is no reason why I should be the number one social seller at a company like Microsoft with a Hmm. global presence. The only reason that I am is because I will do what most do, and I just take it up a notch. I do more exponentially because of the probability and odds. I'll reach out to hundreds of people to get a few conversations because I know what I can do with that conversation. That's really what it's all about. And then you you almost it's kind of like it's kind of like starting a, with a snowball and turning it into an avalanche. If I go in and I have these different conversations, guess what, now I'm armed with that intel. And that intel is what's going to get you the meeting. That's what's going to ultimately determine your outreach, what that looks like, because now you know their priorities. You know what keeps them up at night. So you know exactly how to reach out to some of these new executives. And there's a lot of power in reaching out to a new C-level that you saw join the organization, whether it was on Sales Navigator, Hmm. the Business Journal, some industry trade magazine. You see there's a new C-level. That's a compelling event for you. There's immediate need to reach out, and not just to that person, but also to swarm, to create a groundswell. I don't just reach out to the influencer influencers i reach out to their influencers as well so it isn't just if i want to reach the sea level i may need to reach out to the vps the directors i may need to reach out to the board i had a scenario a few years back where a sea level wouldn't give me the time of day and uh my team and i all believed that there was something magical that we could do together mm-hmm. uh, that's where it begins you know we all want to have those aspirational moonshots. But unless we actually break ground and talk to the executives with our target prospect organizations, nothing happens, right? So um, this executive wouldn't give me the time of day, so I reached out to the CEO, CFO, the board, uh, got some meetings with the board. They ultimately forced this executive to take a meeting with me. And while that started out a little rocky, we did get the deal done eventually because we were seeking to deliver a win. That's it. Understand what looks like a win to your customer. That's where you're going to and serve them, and that's ultimately what's going to lead to you winning.
0: Yeah, and I saw a, a post uh, not very long ago on, on on LinkedIn. It was by a CEO. I forget who, for for which organization now, and he was basically saying to to sellers, "Look, do not contact me and tell me you've got the world's best offering." Okay, and and that's why you should meet. You know. Tell me that you've already engaged with half a dozen of my stakeholders. Tell me what the problems are that I don't necessarily know and, and how you can help me, and then I'll speak to you. Um, and I think what you're saying is, you know, actually often the issues within an organisation, the challenges are not readily evident uh, at CEO or below or even two or three levels below. Sometimes they're, they're, they're perfectly obvious and, uh, to 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 you know the 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 man or woman in the in the in the the shop floor who you know can see it's a real problem but it just doesn't get communicated out.
1: Why do we think that executives engage employees with surveys because they want to know what's going on in the day to day from the front lines and frankly that's where a lot of this knowledge exists. Mm. You've got to you've got to go in with the mindset that you want to. Become, you've got to earn the right to be their trusted advisor. And you're going to yep. do that by being at the pulse of that organization. So, Jaron, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We've got to go in with kind of that mentality. And guess what? Our, our knowledge may be limited right out of the gate. You know, we can comb company reports, we can read articles. Mm. You know, I can go in with a working knowledge, maybe, you know, 20, 30% of all the knowledge that I could or should know. But as you start talking to people, that's where the value grows exponentially. Because now I've talked to Mary. Or Joe, who is this VP of whatever line of business, and the next person I reach out to, I can say, hey, you know, in my recent conversations with executives in your organization, this is what I'm learning. Um, how are you approaching this issue? Things of that nature. Um, I have some ideas, you know, or maybe there's a resource that you can bring to bear. Um, those are the types of things that are going to help you have a higher probability of getting the next meeting and the next meeting, so on and so forth. So much so that you create that groundswell. I remember in this particular deal that we were talking about, <clears throat> we did an executive briefing with them a couple years ago. Um, and this was about six months after I had supported the customer. And we were looking at these different projects, you know, kind of looking at art of the possible type stuff. And they kept saying, you know, hey, if we can prove this out, we'll introduce you to this person who heads up this part of the organization mm. or that person that heads up that part of the organization. And I was able to say, oh, you mean, and I'd say their name. Right. Actually, I met with them a few weeks back. This is where we are thinking, um, you know, I met with their team and we're actually doing a pilot or, or whatever it was. Put us in a position of strength. And that's the key. If you can control that and go out and create these relationships It just puts you in a position of strength, gives you better probability. And now by default, you add more value.
0: Now, I'd like to move on to a natural segue into buyer's journeys. Now, I have a, I wouldn't say a bee in my bonnet, but I do have a a, a growing feeling that the way in which technology SIs and all organizations uh, use their CRM sales support tools makes a very simple as, uh, assessment about how customers are going to buy. And we have various sales stages that align to that. Nothing wrong with that, apart from the fact that I believe that customers' buying patterns have changed. So, you know, they are now using social media, websites, they're doing their own research, they don't need to be informed necessarily. They need insight, they need value, but they they start to do their own research. Um, I'd like to explore how using social media, y- you see that benefit. We talked about value, but are you seeing the, the, that changing in terms of, you know, other other content like video becoming more pervasive?
1: It's a lot of good call outs there, Jaren. I You know, first off, the buyer's journey. You know, to your point, and we've read the statistics, right? That they're 57% of the way down the buying path. I think that's a challenger sales statistic uh, before they even engage a seller. Uh, but I think what you've hit on, <clears throat> excuse me, gives us the opportunity to meet them earlier mm. and more often during that buying journey. You know, we are empowered, thanks to social media and some of these other tools, we're empowered to go out there and create the types of content and engagement to meet them while they're gathering and accumulating information. And see the beauty of some of these deals that have been the byproduct of social selling for me is that a lot of them started when there was a new C-level. There was a new executive that came into the picture. So mm. their early game, you know, they wanna come in, they wanna make an impact. Their charter is to take things in a different direction, uh, drive outcomes and impact in a certain area. Mm. And so we can meet them at that early stage. And that's really, Powerful, and that's why I say that that's a compelling event when they come into the picture because they may be thinking about things in a certain way. Um, you know, I'll give you a case in point. A lot of times we encounter different organizations that are thinking about their security posture, right, of yep. their organization. Cybersecurity super important, top mm-hmm. of mind right now. And there's a there's a trend. You know, a lot of customers look at a best in breed approach. They they hodgepodge different tools together. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot of research that goes into this. You know, there are certain things, there are certain key elements of uh, security or governance or, or whatever it is that they feel and they deem super important. Hmm. Um, you know, they want to limit uh, the ability for uh, you know shadow IT without stifling creativity and innovation. And it's a it's a tricky element, right? Hmm every organization that you work with is going to have a different posture it's going to be personal to them and so i think the key element is making sure that you're showing up at a time when they are formulating an opinion and looking at you know potential decision elements around those types of things and then making sure that they're aware of where you fit into the puzzle the other thing that's really important here is doing a swot analysis so strengths weaknesses opportunities threats of your competitors You know, looking at where does a customer engage today? What kind of competitive uh, information do we have? What are they using? Um, And then where do you stand out where they may be uh, less effective? And that's where you really want to stand your ground and try to stand out. Now, you hit on something else around like leveraging video Mm. and leveraging different ways by which to communicate with and meet customers where they are. When we a couple uh, a couple minutes ago, you talked about a CEO saying, you know, hey, there's sellers that reach out to them all the time, saying that I've got the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's commonplace. That's how these tools can be used in an ineffective way, because you got to realize there's probably a thousand other sellers reaching out to your target prospect every month, exactly, if not more. Yeah. So what are you going to do to stand out? What are you going to do to differentiate yourself from the crowd? You know, I've used newsletters where the the, as soon as they opened it, it was a video of me talking directly to their organization about things that, you know, the, how I appreciated their existing investment. Uh, they were entitled to resources, and I'd love to meet with them in order to establish what those were and make sure that they were privy to all of those. Guess what? That gets response, it gets meetings, it gets views because it's different. It's not just an email that looks like every other cookie cutter program. <laughs> that Mm. they hit delete for. So there are a litany of ways that you can increase. Again, I'm gonna go back to probability and odds. You increase your probability of odds by standing out from the pack, showing up differently, using all the tools at your disposal. Don't discriminate against any of these mediums. Now your approach is gonna be personal to you, Mm. but if, if you feel good about doing video or blogging, presenting yourself as a thought leader in whatever area that you're trying to be in, These are the things that are going to give you a better chance of creating conversations, which will turn into relationships, which – is what turns into deals,
0: and we're back to the at the, the very beginning again, which is you know we're not saying I don't think anyone is saying that social selling is simply about you know bombarding LinkedIn with 101 different posts and walking away and saying well job done I just wait for the phone to ring. We're we're absolutely saying it's about creating value, it's creating a brand and and pushing it out there. And I think when you talk about standing out from the crowd, that that is key, isn't it? Creating a brand, uh, something that you stand for, that is unique and and is differentiated. Because really, if everyone listening to this podcast, the the millions of people worldwide—not I jest—but um, the the the, uh, the 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 people listening to this all went away and said, "Right, I'm going to go onto LinkedIn now and I'm going to start uh, posting a hundred posts a day or whatever." That's not going to get a great deal of uh, response, is it?
1: You know, here's the thing, Jaron. You you bring up a great point because I think that's where a lot of us struggle is where to get started. And and look, first off, doing something is better than doing nothing. Hmm. Um, that's the key. And and continuing to learn. I've made posts that nobody reacted or responded to. I've made videos that nobody watched. But I keep going out there every day and trying to create something and building different mediums by which to attract customers. You know, um, I'll, I'll give you a good analogy. About a decade ago, I got laid off. And I applied to probably a thousand jobs online because guess what? That's super easy to do. And I barely got a whiff. You know, I got some interviews, uh, but it was very challenging. Um, I ended up, my resume ended up getting noticed because I had written a book. That's what made my resume stand out. And I got a gig. And I met someone there that led me to my next role, and I met someone there that led me to Microsoft. And every meaningful move I've made over the last decade has been because of a relationship or because of my personal brand. These are things that you can control and invest in. Same thing with social selling. You know, when you go out and you make a post, you know, a lot of times, like if I post something that's about my company, it's gonna be people in my company that react or respond to it. So that's not a great way of like starting a dialogue Hmm. with a target prospect. However, if I go out and connect with that target prospect and I give some compelling reason to have a meeting, that gives me a probability of success. Now, that might be I've got today I'm at about a 50 percent clip. If I reach out to an executive at an organization, getting them to connect and then probably about a 10 percent from there, getting them to meet directly based on things that are related to my company. Now, here's another thing. A couple of years ago, I was lamenting. The state of uh, just sitting around talking about sales and leadership, you know, the water cooler talk because we Mm. were in a pandemic and we were all sitting at home. Then I realized there's no geographical barriers to that anymore. I started having conversations, recording them just like this Mm. and posting them. Other people called it a podcast. I finally embraced the term for branding reasons, but um, it was really just for growth and for connecting and and, uh, authentic relationships. That's how you and I met. And, you know, what's interesting Is In recent months, I've started interviewing executives at my customers Mm. and talking about things that are synergies between us. Getting to know them on that level is incredible. And guess what? Those are the types of relationships where you understand what matters to them, you know about their family, you know about what makes them tick, what looks like a win to them, that's when deals happen. I've had so many customers over the years, Jaren, tell me that they do business with me, even if my prices are higher or whatever it is, because I'm responsive, I'm transparent, I'm communicative. If they need something, not only do I not make them wait, but like I'll even let them see, in most cases, the the paper trail, like of me reaching out and pulling in other resources. Um, those are the types of things. It's these hustle stats Uh, that make all the difference in the world. And so that's how people need to be thinking about their social selling. You know, you look at your year, Mm. what relationships are you going to need this year to get what you want to get done, done, go get them. And, you know, think big. Don't just go after the one, five, 10, you know, relationships. Think of about 50 that will circle those or influence those, go out and get those relationships, show up with value, invest in those relationships and just stay focused and you'll get it done.
0: And you make a really good point. Right. So, um, I think there was a period I remember going to a set I'm not going to say the company um, but but I was working for an organization and uh, it was a, a sales course uh, this is probably a decade ago and uh, at the time they were looking at LinkedIn and they were looking at the number of connections that we had in our network on LinkedIn and, and they was holding that up as a, a a shining example those that had more connections were better but but you can have, a huge number of connections with with no real connection at all, and it's about quality of network. and I'm interested in your view on that because you must get reached out by thousands of people wanting to connect. But how do you how do you make that? Are you are you fussy? Are you kind of uh, do you, do you kind of have some kind of um, personal way of dealing with that and engaging in the right people to give that network the time and and uh, nurturing that it probably needs
1: yeah that's a very astute observation i mean first off the number of followers connections that is meaningless what's meaningful is the like you said the caliber of the relationship there and where you take it um now i think there's some real value in going out and, and creating these connections and you know I think where we all – a lot of us go wrong is we'll be very opportunistic, we'll reach out immediately, try to send this laundry list of things that our company does in hopes that we get a conversation, and that's the wrong way. Hmm. That's what gives these tools a bad name. That's what gives social selling a bad name. Um, so you know, to your point, Jaron, where we need to really be focused is – if there's a connection, and like from mine, yeah, I get a lot of incoming connection requests. You know, I'll go in, I'll research who is this person. Hmm. If I see some synergies and I see something that, um, you know, we might be able to, you know, break some ground on, great. I'll accept that connection. Um, you know, I'm pretty uh, pretty open in, in accepting, you know, the, that there's an opportunity that I may learn something or grow here. Um on the flip side of that, I like going out and creating connections because it gives me a conduit to be able to communicate with that person. But more often, it's it's inviting them uh, to these things. Like we were talking about before, creating a webinar as an example, mm. and I'll message via email, and I'll also message via LinkedIn. And I can invite very non-intrusively, and uh, you know, people, people engage that way. And then a lot of times that will turn into a conversation as well. I try to use these things to uh, to connect meaningfully. And I think if we do that, um, you know that's what ultimately is going to lead to success. You know, show up looking to add value, looking to serve. That's the mentality we've got to take around these connections. The number of connections is meaningless. It's kind of like it reminds me of my old call center days. Um, I remember managers that would say, oh, you need, 100 200 dials a day. My best seller made 10 calls a day and she'd close like half of them, yeah. right? You know, that's the key. It's quality conversations, quality over quantity.
0: Now, we talked about influencing the influencers, and I'm keen to talk about that. And we talked, you you were talking early on about, you know, I won't just necessarily speak to one person in an organization. I'll look at who they're connected with. I'm just interested in some of your views about how you go about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, right now we're in planning for our new fiscal year, Mm. and there are solutions that we want to uh, proactively position as an organization. There are tar- there's target audience for each of these. Right. So, you know, it could be different, um, you know, C-level could be a CIO, could be a, a chief human resources officer, could be a chief product officer, whatever it is. We need to go out and we need to understand, you know, who are these key relationships. But mm. on the next token of that, Jaren, I may I get that meeting right out of the gate. Um, there could be some VPs or directors that report into them that, to your earlier point, also have some of that tribal knowledge, some of that in-the-field experience, mm. or um, you know, some of that valuable intel that they can provide. So um, I'm very indiscriminate when it comes to who I want to have conversations with. So if I need to sell something in sales or marketing or HR or whatever it is, I'm pretty much looking at director and above. Where can I go in, create relationship? With conversation as the goal. And if I can get a meeting and go in and just be very open minded to it. A lot of times, um, you know, I'll take the the approach if they're investing with us today, you know, I'd love to talk about resources that you'd be entitled to. Mm. Um, If they're not investing with us today, um, it's really more to understand, um, you know, maybe some of the pain points that they have, but there's got to be some unique angle. Uh, by which we can position ourselves. And this just gets better over time. I mean, I started social selling when I worked for a small consultant firm that had, you know, not a known brand name. And I was just trying to get C-level meetings. That's where I started doing this. Yeah, And so that's where I really sharpened my axe, was doing that over time, getting, you know, developing that muscle. And, um, you know, so you have to start somewhere. And your odds and probability may be low to start. You know, maybe you're You know, 5, 10, 15, 20%. So that just means you need to reach out to a lot of different people to get meetings. But the more you do that, the more you gain intel. And it's what you said earlier. Even if somebody's not investing with you today, after you start getting a few meetings, you've got your ear to the ground and you can start saying, as I'm talking to people in your organization, this is what I'm hearing. Here's something we've helped another organization. Maybe you've got a case study use case you're a storyteller. You've got to start telling that story. This is how we've helped other organizations in your, you know, of your ilk. Let's talk about it, you know, if there might be a fit and, um, you know, give me five, 10, 15 minutes. And uh, that's that's where the magic begins.
0: And I've just done that very much this week where I've had a client actually there. Um, can we help them? Yes, we can. But actually their issue is something very similar to another client. And I've just hooked up those two individuals to say, look, you you should you should compare notes because you're on the same journey, and that's part of the value add. That's part of the network. It's part of of, of building your brand, isn't it? In terms of of being there, I am conscious of time, and I'm conscious that uh, for me it's uh, it's early evening. For you, it's early morning, very early morning. Um, but but you know, you did touch very briefly. But just to recap, you know, for anyone listening to this, thinking, okay, lots of messaging where do I start? What should I do? What are those key things when they get up tomorrow morning or, or go to work in your case, um, later today, what, what, what can they do? What positive change can they, they snap into?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an important question. And Jaren, this is always a pleasure. I love our conversations. Um, take a step back and I'm a student of the game I really like to lean in and understand, uh, you know, I spent the better part of the last month of our fiscal year and the first month of our new fiscal year studying. uh, Looking back on what got my team paid, where were their gaps, where were their areas that we need to really expound upon. Uh, Look at your big rocks. What are the things that are going to move mountains the most this year? Like if, if there's a game changing moonshot deal. Um I'm not a whale hunter by any stretch of the imagination but I do believe in having that big mindset of you know what's that big story what's that big deal that's going to make all the difference in the world and really comes down to priorities what are the deals that are going to get me paid this year this quarter this week whatever it is mm. and what relationships am I going to need in order to land those deals and it comes down to priorities. I developed a system with my team that we call plays that get you paid. And so I go out to all my different specialists, understand their quotas, understand their metrics, everybody that I support, everybody that I serve, everybody that touches my business, and I make sure to build solution plays that they're going to care about, right? And it's, you know, it's one thing to have a play, hmm. but you also want to perpetually run the play. You want to think about like, you know, maybe I do a series of webinars, maybe I do newsletters, uh, maybe I do swarm plays where I'm reaching out to executives and their influencers with very specific messaging that is geared toward them, what's happening in their industry, uh, whatever that is. But if you're starting, you need to think about relationships and put that at the heart of it. What 10, 15, 20 relationships are must-have for me this year to get done what I want to get done? But if you if you need 20 relationships, you may need to reach out to 100 people, hmm. right? So be very intentional about the level of outreach that you plan to make. I've just happened to leverage LinkedIn a lot. You know what's interesting, because I've had anywhere from like you know three customers to hundreds of customers that have fit in my purview at any given point in time um, as an account executive, as a as a manager, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, you know, I've I grew up in a cold calling environment. Yep. You know, the phone is a tool, the email is a tool, the um, LinkedIn, Sales Navigator, these are all tools. Going out and looking at marketing uh, data that's out there, these are all tools. Again, I'm going to go back to what I said in the onset. I do what everybody else probably believes that they could or should do around selling and social selling. I just use all the resources at my disposal and I take it up a notch. I do it exponentially more and I and, and make it tangible. You know, Employ something that's trackable because then that way you can study and learn. I can look and see if I reach out to 100 people on LinkedIn, but I got you know five people to connect with me, or only five responses. Then I need to probably look at my messaging, right? What might I, what could I have said that would give me a better uh, response? I also take a very counterintuitive approach uh, to my outreach. This is something I learned years ago. I started taking the reasons that customers were shutting me down or not taking a meeting with me, and infusing that into my outreach. So that um, as opposed to just reaching out with something generic, mm. I was able to nip their initial objection in the bud right out of the gate yep. and talk to them about why they should take a meeting with me because I had some unique perspective or resource or something that they were entitled to yep. gives me a higher probability of success. So put something in place that's trackable, keep relationships as the focal point, and then prioritize uh, what is going to ultimately be uh, the most meaningful impact for you and your sales quota this year? That's where you start.
0: Well, Carson, I, I can only thank you for your time. I love chatting to you. Every time we chat, even even when we're in pre-record mode, we're kind of chattering away and I could, I could speak all day. There's so many great nuggets there to take away. I'd love to talk to you at some other time about uh, 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 storytelling because I think that's another really important area that's often well sort of, Underserved and underlooked, to be honest with you. But there's some great advice there for anyone listening, particularly anyone early in their sales career, um, but even people that have been doing it a very long time. Uh, you know, just because you've been doing it a long time, you could have been doing it badly for a very long time. So, um, you know, uh, there's a lot there to go after. So thank you very much, Carson. It's always a delight. And uh, uh, hopefully you'll be on again soon.
1: Jaron, thank you. Anytime. And uh, just don't ever forget, you know, great sellers are students and storytellers. And uh, that's the name of the game. That's how we uh, and, and, and learners. We continue to learn and grow. So thanks so much for having me. Carson, it's a delight. Thank you.